Welcome world. I am your wonderful host, Destiny Jones from the Girl in the Wheelchair podcast. And in today's episode, I will be talking about parenting and family with my lovely guest, Maria Cook, aka the Mad Woman podcast host. Thank you so much, Destiny. I'm so glad to be a part of finally the girl in the wheelchair. Um, it's been a long time coming, but we're here and I'm excited to talk about everything parenting and family with you. So the first, I guess, like questionnaire that I have are your experiences of parenting from, I guess, your perspective on having a child with a disability or in a wheelchair. Wow. That's a that's a huge topic to talk about. Um, it's a huge topic, I guess, to talk about because it carries a lot of hats. It car it carries a lot of, I guess, responsibilities for being a parent of a child who has had a disability, majority pretty much their entire life, and. I can say that being a mother and being a parent of a child with a disability and wanting to still make sure that you have the independence that you had, it was a it was a full time job in itself. Um, I can say that I carry I probably wear four hats as it relates to you. I would say that my first hat would be as an advocate for you, as an advocate for you your entire life. I had to learn a lot about accessibility, 504 IEPs. Um, I had to learn what modifications were, understanding that when you went out of town, you traveled, or if you was in school, making sure that they had all of the accessibility and making sure that all of the barriers that could subject you to rejection were alleviated before you actually went into those type of facilities. Um, I remember prior to our municipal building being modified, <clears throat> you would go at me to go pay our water bill, and it wasn't accessible. So I complained so much that... Um, they would allow us to go through a side door, but then eventually they end up having to change that um, that that open barrier because it wasn't just me; it was other individuals as well. So, although I was complaining or advocating for you, it was also an advocacy that also was impactful to the community as a whole. Also, just you being active in sports in school, making sure that if you were in sports in school, that your safety, which then would allow me to go into my second hat as your caretaker. As your caretaker, my job has always been to make sure that your health and well-being was first, not really caring so much what destiny wanted done, but as long as the best interest of your health and your well-being. And if that consisted of your physical health as well as your mental health, I needed to also 
make sure that as your caretaker, that these are some of the things that were done. And then being your mother, being a mother who listens to her child, understands her child's needs, but also being that voice and that guidance that you needed to be able to walk, to roll now into being the young adult that you are today, but allowing you to be able to take on the advocacy role on your own, as well as that caretaker position. And because you were very active in a lot of the roles that you did in school, in the community, as as well as outside activities, being your manager, being able to help you um, explore and have the freedom that otherwise individuals with disabilities wouldn't have. Um, Being an ear and listening, not allowing my fears as a mother to be the reason why I stop you from moving forward, which is my whole reason for even being a mad woman to even allow you to move forward with determination because you have always been determined to continue to do things and not allow your disability to stop you. So that is pretty much, I would say, just my in my role as being a mother, but also as being an advocate, a caretaker, and your manager. So, yeah, the four <laughs> hats that I have to wear and you would always try to fight me and say, you're my mom, but I was more than your mom. And just allowing you to understand and distinguish the difference. Well, I tried to give you the benefit of the doubt. I say you're my best friend. So I'm not your friend. I'm not your friend. But I understand, I guess, now where you're coming from. Because it was like, when you're your friend, you get talked a certain type of way. You know, I talked, you talk to your friends a certain type of way. You respond to them a certain type of way. You respect them on a whole different level because they're your friend. But a mom is more like, you know, it's more sacred. It's like your mom. Well, even as a friend, sometimes a friend isn't going to be as honest with you. They should Mm -hmm. be honest with you. But not all the time a friend will be as honest with you because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Right. Or hurt y'all's relationship. Exactly. But I I feel like you don't really care. You're just like, I'm the mom. I'm the big dog. You're big. I'm big. You're small. Like... (laughs) And there, yeah, you're right. And there's nothing that you can do about it. You're absolutely right. But no, that is the part of, that's the relationship. That's the fun part of our relationship. Right. Being able to quote, you know, Curly Sue, or even being mm-hmm. able to quote um, different things to have that interaction with each other. Um, but allowing you to understand that, I love you and how that how that relationship is. I don't have to always be serious right. because I want you to be able to trust me and to explore and have fun, but also the love of respect, it has to be there as a parent for me, for you. And just because you had a dis- you have a disability, yep. it didn't necessarily mean that I was going to allow you just to manipulate me. That right. wasn't just going to happen. Yeah, like, mom, give me this, give me this, and do this, and do that. Wait, this need to get done, and do that, and do that. 
And it was like, I feel like that's where I kind of didn't understand that like you were a caretaker, a caregiver, whichever one. I don't really look at you as that. I just think your mom, you know. But I and, was. Yeah. I know because you went through certifications. You had to go through CNA school when I got surgery, Um, multiple surgeries. She had to, like, you know, go through these, like, trainings and stuff before they, like, would let her, um, like, take care of me. Even though she's my mom, like, they were like, no, you can't be in a room with her and do this. And, you know, you need to be outside, you know. And it was like she got treated less of who she was, even though she's mom. But she had to undergo like this type of training to fully be around me and take care of me as how she needed to do while being mom. Well, I did the training because that wasn't my profession. It was something that I was I was given to do. So um, professionally, I wasn't a nurse, but as your mother. I knew my role, and it didn't require me to be a nurse. Yeah, if you get a scrape on your leg or something, give you a Band-Aid, clean it with some alcohol peroxide, understood. That's the typical mom one-on-one. However, I was having to now deal with surgery bandages, um, wound care. We're talking about also I was having to deal with... Pain yeah. management, right? Um, making sure that you didn't become addicted to opiates. Yeah, because um, I was on um them big boys, them hydros, and them parkies, tens exactly. and thirties <laughs> at a very young age. Exactly, but allowing you to understand that. Listen, I manage your pain um, medicines, not you. I give you your medicine as directed by the doctor. Right. However, even if the doctor still prescribed it. I know my child, I know your level, I'm watching you every day in your daily activities. And sometimes when you may say, I'm in a lot of pain, I say, okay, you get a Tylenol, we're weaning you off these medicines. Right. Because I didn't want you to become addicted. Right. So these are some of the things that as a pain, as a caretaker, I had to be that person. Mm-hmm. As an advocate, I had to be that person because I didn't want the, how many surgeries you've had in your life? Yeah, 17. 17 surgeries you've had in your life to allow every last time you've went on a sedation, every last time they've given you any type of medications to go home with, that those resulted in you having to have meds continuously, and you became addicted because I just, and you didn't. You didn't become addicted. If anything, I now, I, you know, I don't even like taking meds. Now I have to, you have, it had to be like a, a wreck or something I didn't got into to like knock me out and shut me up to like really, you know, get me to snap out of it and do that. But I just like to deal with it. I've been dealing with it so much, so long, you know, so it's like, why well, try to hide it? You know, I'm yeah. just... I got to just get through it, you know? Yeah, so these are, this is where as all of these different hats that as a parent, it became, a, it, it, it was, a, it's a full-time job. Yeah. And it's where to allow you to understand that I'm doing this in your best interest. The resistance 
from you was where as a parent, I had to come in because that's where the disciplinary part came from to help you understand that you have to allow me. And even as a caretaker, when I say you couldn't do certain things, you only saw it as me being a parent and the resistance that you gave me. Um, As an advocate, um, I remember one time when you were a part of the, um, the modeling and the acting, and it was your very first competition, and we had... I made sure everything was handicap accessible. Everything was modified. You were going to walk in there. Well, roll, roll in there. Excuse we me. We just had this conversation. I did not want. I, I got that's it. The, that's the dream. I, I get it. It's Amen. okay. I see you as an equal. <laughs> so you rolled in there. And the only person in a wheelchair. Right. And But it was where that wasn't the case. I had paid for services for you to have, and because of certain situations within the facility itself limited you from being able to perform certain services. At that time, that was a level of rejection, and that could have pretty much on a mental standpoint, it could have dampered or hindered you from even wanting to continue on with the competition. And I I just, <clears throat> as an advocate, I went straight into advocacy. And I was like, well, <laughs> how can this be? You know, we originally was told this, da-da-da-da-da. But as a mother, although as an advocate, I wanted to go full in, Within that same time frame of that conversation, I had to also be a mother. I had to have the compassion to look at you. And I had to pivot based off of your reaction and how I had to allow you to deal with this issue also. And so I just remember that day just taken from you and allowing you to understand that this was life. And My life, at least. Exactly. Yeah. And your reaction and your interaction with it, and it was where you were okay. You were okay with the other services that were provided for you. You were okay with not completing one competition that would have hindered that limited you because of having a disability. Right. And at but I just remember had I not, if I just would have went all in as an advocate and just would have said, you know what, we're going home, it would have hindered you from what your next was. Because you it didn't it didn't stop you. It gave you more fuel and more fire because you did that next competition that they um gave you and you won. Right. So much so that you were showcased 
specifically for agents, agents right. in a private setting, mm-hmm. and you won the competition. The whole competition. The yeah. whole competition. And I just remembered that in that moment that that's where I learned how to say, okay, as her advocate, you're going to have to teach her now how to advocate for herself. Right. As her caretaker, you're going to have to teach her how to advocate, to care for herself. But as her mother, that's what you needed from me right then, to support you, to be there as that support, to be there as that guide. And and I was. Now, I was still pissed off because I was like, this is my baby. Oh, you're talking about the situation. Yeah, this is my baby. Like, no, because as an advocate, I... I take on all of your barriers. Right. I'm the one. You choose to. You don't have to because it's my life. Unfortunately, I'm the one that got stepped on. So I've got to deal with it. Now, now I choose to. Right. But then I had to. Right. Well, yeah, because I was a minor. You was was young. Yeah. And, but... You're a young adult now, so I don't have to. Oh, y'all hear that? She just called me a little girl earlier today, and I'm like 20. So <laughs> I said a young adult. I didn't say grown. So <laughs> as a young adult, I know now that, yes, you have to take on all of these hats. And I'm trust me. I'm willing to give them to you. Mm-hmm. Put them in a box. Put them, wrap them up look, in a bow. Look, and I'm going to sell them right back to you. And hand them <laughs> right to you. Like, I'm willing to just push them to you right now. What do you want? You want for Christmas? Oh, Lord. Do you want for Christmas? New Year's. New Year's. No, no. I'm going to give them to you right now. Like, oh, just Lord. the next holiday, I'm, hey, it's yours. <laughs> but these are the things that I know that, um, that they have to be yours because yeah. as a young adult, you're going to have to do this for yourself. And yeah. I've raised you to be independent. I've raised you to speak your mind, to to advocate for yourself, to understand what that is, and to help you get the education and the knowledge and the training to be able to do it. Just like this podcast, 2019, this podcast was... It wasn't supposed to be a podcast, but it was supposed to be the girl in the wheelchair. Who's the girl in the wheelchair? You've always been known as the girl in the wheelchair, the only girl in every room. In a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. But it was the girl in the wheelchair, not because you were in a wheelchair. It was the girl in a wheelchair because you took over the room. Yeah. In the wheelchair. Yeah. Not on purpose. So please excuse um my presence. We uh, could go into (laughs) Ross. And we've been into many play stores, grocery stores, shopping centers, restaurants. And if me and you get separated, I can't say, hey, have you seen Destiny? Yeah, no, baby. You know how to address me. I know how to address you. I know how to like, get oh, you. Oh, she was rolling over there. I yeah. see her. Like, I know how to I know how to know exactly where you are. I'll be like, Food court. 
<laughs> exactly. I know how to say, because I don't say the girl in a wheelchair first. I'd be like, hey, have you seen a girl who had on like a pink shirt or some blue jeans and she had, no. Well, have you seen a girl in a wheelchair? Oh, yes. Yeah, she went that way. And it was where it just, it wasn't disrespectful. It wasn't an insult. Yeah, no. It was. Just telling it how it is. This yes. is the girl in the yeah. wheelchair. But you, you're you the girl in the wheelchair because you're not. The wheelchair doesn't define you. At all. You define the wheelchair. At all. It's a prop. It's a prop. Because either way, I could army crawl on the floor. It would be Destiny Jones, you know? Yes. But I ain't going to do that. But it, a little bit. It, it doesn't define you. You define it. And that was the whole purpose of the pot. That was the whole purpose of the girl in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. It was how many other girls don't even know that the wheelchair doesn't define them. Right. They define the wheelchair. Right. And so it was during COVID at a time in your life where we were in unprecedented times. You, extrovert, always out, lights, camera, action, got to be on every scene. You were in school. You were in school. You was now at home. Couldn't go out. And that was a hard time for you. That was yeah. a hard time for you because it was a time where your light had to not shine. Right. And so creating the girl in the wheelchair was that voice for you during that time to be able to express how you were feeling, but also to be able to allow other girls to help you and in wheelchairs or even individuals with disabilities so that you all could help each other. Right. However, it just didn't happen that way. Right. And those are some of the things that, because it didn't happen that way, it didn't mean that it still wasn't the truth. You just needed to work on yourself right. to be able to be more positive for them. So those, Thanks. Are, those are just some of the ways. I, I mean, yeah, you know, I yeah. don't go around with an S on my chest but, I mean, if I had to have a big M for the super mom, the, yeah. I, I'm sure you would. I think I'll give it to you. You would? Fist bump. Hey, it's I'll hers. take it. It's hers. Okay, we're not done. I have some other questions um, on behalf of just giving, hmm, giving a little tips for people that may have children with disabilities. Like, we do have some family, friends. Miss um, Amber and, you know, just other people that you may can think of um, that may have children or even for our audience, you know, that have children with disabilities. What are just like maybe two good tips that you would give um, the mom or the dad? Wow. Two? You limited me, huh? Okay. So. I mean, however many. Okay. If I had to give someone like one of the best tips is just to allow them to to 
just make their own decisions when it comes to really them understanding their accessibility needs. I think that was one of the biggest things about me where you wasn't the only person mentally that struggled with you being in a wheelchair. Right. Felt like it, though, because you wasn't just like, oh, my gosh, I hate that you're in a wheelchair versus me. I was like, I want to die. I hate this. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, it was like more like, you know, just like not good, you know. But what was that going to do for me? Nothing. It, it wasn't going to help for you. Me either. It wasn't you know? going to help you. How was it going to help you? You know. So, but because but you could have did it though, you could have did it, and then I would have understood. Like, dang, like this affects her too. Like, you know, but it wouldn't have helped. So. But it it did affect me, and it affected me to the point that it did hurt you. It hurt you the opposite way. It hurt you to the point where, um, I never told you no. Yeah, you never did. I always gave you everything you wanted. <laughs> That's why I'm so spoiled and do what I want to do now. I get it was the guilt of if I could overcompensate because I couldn't re I I couldn't give you as a parent what I felt as a parent was needed. I could give you. And why is that? Like elaborate on that. Like, you felt like that had something to do with, like, the core? Or, like, you just didn't want to push to, to like, prove that wrong? No, but. no. I think, no, I know it's more so of just the fact that as a mother, as a parent, hmm? every parent wants to see their children take their first step. Yeah. And walk. Well, you did, though. I just didn't. I did get to see it. Right. But yeah, I didn't get to continue to see it. Yeah. And because I didn't get to continue to see it, you for maybe what, the first eight, nine years of your life, every birthday, because you would see other kids around their first birthday learn how to walk. You would say, Mom, am I going to walk this right, year? Right. You'd be like, maybe this year. Maybe not, not this not year. Not this year. Right. Next year. <laughs> not this year. Next year. And, but I knew otherwise different. And that was where the, it wasn't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I could say guilt. Because I, I wasn't guilty, but it was just the hurt in knowing that uh, my child has asked me for something that I physically cannot give her. Right. So for your birthday, you get a glamorous birthday party. Right. And distraction of that. Okay. Well. Yeah, exactly. And so it was... The elaborate birthday parties, the elaborate gifts, the elaborate everything, so much so that you distinguish I love you in all of the things that I gave you 
And I mean, you really couldn't do nothing more but that you didn't cause this. You know what I mean? So in a sense, me just giving you your flowers, which I've given you so much more, but me giving you your flowers hmm. right now, um, just letting you know that you've done an amazing job with raising me. Come on now, I freaking look like you. Is that not enough? Like, what? But anywho, I just appreciate you. You look like me. Whatever. And you have whatever. All of my, <laughs> you have all of my beautiful features. You look like your father too. Whatever. But now your beautiful features, you definitely look like me. So yes, you do owe me a lot for that. Okay, but anywho, I just wanted to let you know that you've done an amazing job and I appreciate you a lot for just sticking it out even though you have your own disability, even though yours is not visible, you still have a physical disability that you've had your whole life since 18. And we could talk about this all day long, but we have a couple minutes before this episode will, you know, have to, you know, get wrapped up. But I just wanted to let you know that no matter what happened, we're not going down memory lane, baby. We're going to keep going. The wheels are turning. And one day this wheelchair going to be bye-bye. It ain't going to be here no more. And you're going to be walking by my side how you should have been the first day. Exactly. And I just appreciate you. And I appreciate you for being vulnerable and coming on this episode with me today and sharing and just being strong. Because it's going to pay off for real. And I'm excited for your podcast as well. Make sure you guys also tune in to her podcast. It is called Mad Women uh, Podcast. And so it's very insightful, especially to hear her side on how she navigates her life with, you know, just how she does it. Um, but that concludes this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Also, please make sure that you follow us on Instagram at the Girl in the Wheelchair Podcast. Leave us a DM on today's episode about any little thing that you guys seen that you liked. And yeah, I'll see you next time. I am your host, signing off, Destiny Jones. <laughs>